Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each week we chat to a different guest about how they try and live their life without misery. But we try and do it with a little bit of laughter, because otherwise that sounds like a pretty gloomy idea for a podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Morning, welcome back. Episode 12 this week of our strange little podcast where we talk to funny people about being miserable. This week's guest is Matt Richardson. Matt is a stand-up comedian, presenter and broadcaster whose Virgin Radio show has been running since 2016. And he's at this year's Edinburgh Fringe Festival with his brand new show, Imposter. Uh, I don't think you have to say it like that. I just like the word imposter. Today we speak to Matt about recovery, the reality of living with OCD and what it means to be normal as our concepts of normality differ from person to person, don't they, really? Uh, this is your weekly reminder to please like, subscribe, review, tell people about the podcast, shout about the podcast, tweet about the podcast, constantly just talk about the podcast all the time. At the doctors, talk about the podcast. Going out for lunch, talk about the podcast. Meet your in-laws for the first time, recommend the podcast. Uh, the more people that listen to this weird little show, the more money we raise for Calm, because all the adverts you'll hear at the start, middle and end, uh, the revenue from those goes straight to Calm, and they are an amazing charity. Uh, I'm also just going to do a little shout-out. If you've got some spare change in your little pocket, uh, or in your bag, 
or just kind of stuck to your face or whatever, wherever you keep your change, uh, you can donate to Calm uh, through their website or go via the Dave website as well. And there's big buttons on there that can let you donate. Um, but I shall stop talking because my voice is terribly annoying and that's why I don't say much during these shows. Uh, here is our interview with Matt Richardson. Matt Richardson. Hi. Hi. This is my good friend Matt Richardson and, and also Aaron who's always here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's lovely that you're always here. Yeah, I just like to go on record. Yeah. <laughs> Hello Matt, how have you been? I'm good. I've been good, thank you. How have you both lovely. been? Very good. Very good. Oh, I thought you were just going to say nothing there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sulk for the entire thing now because of I'm that. just here. <laughs> so, our first question that we always open with is, when was the last time you felt calm? Um, today. I feel Ooh. I'm pretty calm today, actually. I think You're, that's a winner. That is the first that's time anyone said today. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty good at the moment. I've had my sertraline today. I'm feeling brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> what is your like go-to sort of, if you are feeling tense... What is the thing that's like not necessarily guaranteed to calm you down, but you're like, this'll work. Um so I I go through loads of things to try and make me calm. Mm-hmm. I have um terrible anxiety, as <laughs> I'm sure you found every Welcome. comedian does. <laughs> um and you know, I've had like I've always had quite bad I've got bad OCD as well. So mm-hmm. I've always been on like medication for that and stuff. And I've tried everything over the years. I've tried like rescue remedy, I've tried all that nonsense. Um and I found out that actually the best thing is um a mindfulness app. And I'm really annoyed because I've spent an absolute fortune and, like, you know, I've, I've managed to get, you know, diazepam from very questionable sources. Um, but that's the best thing. I just downloaded yeah. an app for seven quid and it helps me sleep. It's brilliant. Like, so if I ever feel bad, that's the thing I go to now. And it's Amazing. taken me a decade to work it out. I've been really sceptical to try them. They're brilliant. Yeah. Breathing exercises and stuff, it really helps. So I work with a guy called Eddie Temple Morris at Virgin Radio mm-hmm. and he um, is really big into mental health. And um, he was the one that just went breathing, mate. I do breathing exercises. <laughs> Down, I went, no, there wouldn't be a whole yeah. multi-billion pound industry if you could just breathe <laughs> yeah. your way through it. And annoyingly, he's right. It really yeah. helps. So like if I struggle struggle to sleep or if I've got like if I'm feeling particularly anxious, um, that's the best thing. Like 10 minutes of mindfulness, Amazing. listening to like, you know, guided breathing exercises. It's so good. I feel uh, like my boyfriend keeps thinking I'm prepping for a baby because, <laughs> because I try to do the breathing stuff sometimes, but I'll be like <gasps> When he's like, "Are you in labour?" and I'm like, "I am breathing. That's what I'm doing." And he's I'm like, "Relaxing okay. right now, you prick." <laughs> this is relaxing breath. It's, it is weird though, isn't it? Because like, I, my problem is, is they go, "Oh, it's a 35 minute breathing exercise," and I go, "But I need it right now." Yeah. <laughs> like, can I have that breathing exercise in sort of pill form? And I just be like, "Right, there we go. I'm chill." Just, just give me the highlights. Though. Yeah, exactly. So that that's, that annoys me is when you got to do like 15 minutes. Like, oh, come on, I'm having a panic attack as it goes. <laughs> right now. Because I had a doctor that gave me this sheet, and it was like all these different breathing exercises yeah. and I, I was looking at it I was like I don't need this I don't know how to fucking breathe I've been doing it for years and then I had a panic attack and I got this sheet out that I crumpled up and left in the corner somewhere I was like oh fuck it's really helpful <laughs> it really works <laughs> it's so good isn't yeah. it yeah yeah so like you know I've got um, I've got these apps and say if I want to struggling sleeping or something you put it on in the bed and my girlfriend she's just like can you listen to someone with a less annoying voice please <laughs> and there's loads of different therapists on this app and she's got one she's like no I hate her we can't have her <laughs> no he's really patronising so I have to listen to it as well you have to listen to a voice I love 
<laughs> so that is quite annoying as you've got someone else always which actually makes me more anxious yeah because I did one and it was like a, a Californian woman with that deep American fry and it got so annoying after oh, that really? three minutes I ended up more stressed than when I started it You're just like can you have a British person that's yeah, all you want yeah. exactly just Americans like... aren't really helpful when we want to be calm are mm, they no. so I feel like I've got quite a calming accent yeah yeah you know what actually I was thinking about it then because like um, you know you you came and did the the worst of my tour with me last year yes, and some yep. Exeter to 16 people and um, yeah, you were, you're a very you're a very calming influence in the car yeah. with your voice so yeah I, I agree with that totally I feel like Geordie Welsh Welsh is quite calming yeah like Welsh is calming Welsh. could we have a Glaswegian therapist no absolutely oh my god yes please that would be fucking incredible <laughs> well no because you'd just be terror you'd be calm because you'd be like if I don't calm they're going to kill me, me. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't imagine a brummy one no wasn't that the worst accent in the UK yeah I'd feel it like is, they were disinterested like if, if, if people from Birmingham are listening apologies but like not Birmingham I think the the black country the black yeah. country yeah that one <laughs> but it's quite it's not a harsh accent like it's quite calming isn't it it, yeah. it just sounds like everyone's running at 50% speed is <laughs> which problem. is what you need yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, when was the first time you became aware of mental health being a thing um, be positive or negative I was probably a teenager, so I was probably uh, a well. It's probably when I started to have issues around it when I was about seventeen or eighteen. Uh, that is when I sort of realised that it was a thing, but I ignored it for years, and it got much, much worse. <laughs> um, uh, which is, you know, really helpful. But and uh, it wasn't until I kind of I just thought that that's that was me now. I didn't realise it was a mental health thing. I just thought, oh, my brain's changed, and now I time every single thought I have, and that's just totally normal. Which turns out it isn't. <laughs> so um, it took me a couple of years until it got really bad that I went to the doctor's. And they went, oh yeah, that's this, and you've got a mental health, you know, got mental health issues. Okay. You go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but I just went, oh, this is just how I am now. Like my something's changed, uh-huh. and this is how I think and how I operate. So mm. it took me a little while of actually, probably, you know, suffering with something wrong with me, with uh, you know, obsessive obsessive thoughts that I then had to have someone tell me, no, 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 it's fine, and we can fix it. And I went, no, you can't. This is just <laughs> this, this is me. Because I think when you when you are in the throes of you know not being very well, you, you forget what it's like. In the same way that when you have a cold. You forget what it's like yes. to be able to breathe through your nose. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that thing, you lose all concept of what it's like to feel, you know, in air, air quotes, normal. And yes, you just go, oh, this is it. This is just how I am. This is how I exist. So it wasn't until I started to get better and you sort of forget about it for maybe a week or something. You go, oh, I haven't felt rubbish for a week. That's brilliant. And then you realise that it was a problem. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, that's when I started to realise. So it took me a while. Totally. I felt like that when I went when I went on antidepressants and I'd put off going on them for so long. And I was like, this is obviously just how I am. And then I was like, I haven't cried in four days. A new personal record. What a treat. (laughs) Also, I think when you're really down, you just go, well, that's not going to work for me. Exactly. I think that's the big problem is you go, well, I'm not going to do that because it's not going to work for me. And I deserve to feel like this because that's what anxiety does, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Like, you know, and like uh, with me being obsessive, like I was obsessing over ridiculous things. Like I'd watch a documentary about serial killers and I'd spend the next two years obsessed with the fact I was a serial killer. (laughs) But because I, you know, it gives you low self-esteem. I was just like, well, I haven't killed anyone. Oh, that's because you're underachieving um, <laughs> not only am I a serial killer I'm a shit that, serial killer that was it rather than going well I haven't killed anyone therefore I'm not a serial killer your brain's just going well you just you're not very good at it are you <laughs> so you feel bad about the, that fact as well which is ridiculous so um, I think yeah you just you never think you're going to be better so mm-hmm. I think it's when you start for me it was when I started to get better I went oh that was a problem with my mental health rather than how I am now mm. so it's, it was a real struggle and also my mum is very in touch with mental health my dad is as well Like they're, they're actually pretty good but you don't tell anyone about it because you don't want to admit it to yourself. So no one's taught you. Like, yeah, when people talk about it positively, that's really great. But you don't want to hear it for a while. No, indeed. And that's so it took me ages to work it out. Mm. 
Was there something that kind of made you realise that something was wrong and made you want to go to the doctor? Um, yeah, I was. Um, I was driving back from a gig and um, I had a panic attack. The first ever panic attack I had in my car because I had all these... So my thoughts were, yeah, like these obsessive things and something different would trigger it every few months and it would kind of change. But I would time... So I would time my obsessive thoughts. So I'd go, right, I've had 18 so far this hour and they've all been, on average, this many minutes apart. And in the end, that just got too much and I just had, like, had a, an absolute breakdown in my car driving back from a gig and I had to pull over in a lay-by. Yeah. And for me, that was... the that was the moment where I went, this is where I need to sort myself out and yeah. sort out these whatever's going on in my head. Your um, head must have just been so full. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's why I started doing stand-up when it wasn't great. And I loved doing stand-up because on stage, you couldn't think about anything else. You had to think about that. Yeah. And I'd come off stage and be like, oh my God, I haven't thought about it for an hour because I've been thinking about the gig, if it'd been good or bad. And so that's why I pushed myself. And I gigged so much when I started just because <laughs> I felt normal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it took me a long time. Whereas actually now... You know, I've been on and off medication in therapy for forever. And now I know when it's starting. So in December, like it was starting to creep back in. And within two weeks, I was back at the doctors rather than leaving it two or three years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best thing is you just get good at knowing when you're going to hit a rough patch. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really good at it, but I used to be terrible. It's probably like listening to your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this is far too much information, but you're both my friends. Like, like I'm at an age now where I'm like... My period's coming, yeah, in the next 24 hours, yeah, I can recognise these signs, I'm stressed, I'm this, I'm this, and it's listening to your body, and I've been doing that since I was like, well, for years, but I couldn't do that with my mental health, I'd be like, oh, I'd recognise all these signs and know it was like anxiety or depression or whatever, and I'd be like, nah, and I was so quick. It's weird how I can listen to my body and know, like, oh, I'm getting a cold, oh, I'm getting my period, but I was so quick to be like, oh, no, but this obviously isn't, no, this is just fine. But now I can listen to my brain a bit more. I was the same September, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely, this is slipping, this is, you're at the top of the slide, so climb down now, because if you wait another couple of weeks, you are going to be face down in the mud, and that's not where you want to (laughs) be. Have you ever done that thing, so I do it when, not so much, uh, so about a year and a half ago, I've been triggered, but not like, you know, like Mm -hmm. something's not... like working right in my head anymore um, so I go if it's like this in four weeks then I'll go to the do- like mm-hmm. then I'll go so I've got you know because everyone gets you know down and anxious yeah. for a week or two mm-hmm. you know and you're fine again so for me I, I give myself like a deadline mm-hmm. and I and then have to reassess it and I put it in my diary going look at yourself in, the yeah. <laughs> in a weird way and that's that's been better now I think mm-hmm. is you just kind of you've got it really otherwise it just makes it such a hassle life oh, that's a really good idea just checking in with yourself yeah. and making sure you do it when I, I'm good it's fine but when I'm bad I do do that yeah and that's what i don't do i just like i get to that point and get like oh this is gonna get fucking weird and mm-hmm. dark and then it's like a month later it's like yeah it got really weird and fucking dark didn't yeah. it? You should probably go to the doctors and then it's two months later no i still haven't done it and it is just really like, yeah i just i'm very um self-defeatist it's like going back to that thing of like i deserve this you deserve like tricking yeah. your mind into thinking that you deserve to be in a low place it's like you were saying as well mm-hmm. when you're on antidepressant it's like oh no this is what i'm fucking supposed <laughs> to be is like normal. yeah exactly <laughs> Um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, for me as well, a big deal uh, with all of that is the separation of me and this kind of beast of yeah. like. So I was I when I did CBT, my therapist was like, "You need to realise, even if you like personify it, there's you and there's this sort of you know endless thought pattern that's going on in your head, mm-hmm. and it's really good going. Well, I don't, I deserve to be like this and all that. It's quite hard sometimes, but you have to go. That isn't me. Yeah, that's something. It's, is this mm-hmm. something one's whispering in your ear that? And I think you you accept that. You know, it's like being around people that tell you you're shit. Yeah, like that's just one of those. But it is really hard to break it and go. Oh, I I do deserve nice things. It's just I've got this completely because it's that thing of the irrational mind versus the irrational yeah. mind and the irrational mind is always so much louder mm-hmm. I've always equated it to kind of like a pub 
all of my metaphors starts in pub. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but the part of your brain that is the loudest is the drunk bunch of lads at the bar that are fucking throwing shit around and that's all you can hear. And even if there's someone sat next to you going, actually, it's okay, don't worry, we're having mm-hmm. quite a nice evening, all you can focus yeah. on is the yeah. absolute arseholes. Yeah. And your brain works the exact same way because it's louder because it seems more important. Your brain goes, right, we'll pay attention to that bit and ignore the thing that's actually telling you no, go get some fucking help. No, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. give yourself a break. I think That's g- such a good analogy. <laughs> oh my God, that works perfectly. Thank you. Right, I'll leave now. Yeah. I mean, you've just, you've solved it. You've, you've brilliant, we're done. Right, end of, the, end of the podcast. Pub analogies fix everything. Yeah, yeah but that is absolutely right. And mm. it's, even if you're having the best conversation with someone you absolutely adore, that's all that's in your head. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh yeah, I love that. Like, that's like a bit of an epiphany for me. That's such a good way of looking at it. We're good at um, epiphanies and existential crises on this podcast. Oh, yeah. You'll have one of each during the 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. I've not signed up for an existential crisis, but I'll have one. It's fine. Yeah. Do you still find that um, OCD is wildly misunderstood? Yeah, I really do. And it's quite interesting because having like suffered from it, and like my OCD is all cognitive. It's I don't have any physical um, uh, manifestations. I don't clean. I don't do light switches or anything like that. And that is what people think OCD is. You yeah. know, it's like cleaning and things like that. Like, I mean, in comedy, there's a massive comedy thing, which is like, oh, I'm a bit OCD. Oh, I'm a bit anal. And you're like, <laughs> you're a bit anal. You've like OCD. Like, I've nearly ruined my life. I thought about killing myself. Um, <laughs> like, it's not quite the same thing. Yeah. You're just tidy. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. When people are like, oh, you know what it's like when you got OCD. Oh, you. You've you've, uh, you've obsessed about the fact you've caught HIV from a uh, from a handrail and have been for four HIV tests in a row until the doctor said they're not going to give you any more because you definitely don't have HIV. But you're telling them that each time you've had a test, you're convinced that you're in the 0.001% that, you know, the test doesn't work for and you get a false reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same as needing to clean your fucking bedroom, isn't it? <laughs> That is the kind of trope of OCD, especially in comedy. Especially when I when I said to friends, I was like, uh, you know, oh, you know, I've had OCD. Like, and I, I sort of say that I have it and don't have it. Like, I kind of, you know, it's like, for me, I look at it like a virus where you get it sometimes and then you're better or you get food poisoning and it's just you have food poisoning for two and a half years or four years. It's not like being an alcoholic where you go, I am always an alcoholic. You go, I'm like, oh, I had OCD for a bit and it comes back and it goes again, but I feel like I'm cured when I don't have it. Mm-hmm. It's not like... When, it's, when I'm good, like even at the moment, like um, I feel like I'm in control of it and it's not really there. So when you say, oh, you know, I've had OCD and they're like, oh, well, well I bet you've got a bloody lovely house then. And you're like, well, no, because like sometimes it's so bad that you can't even get out of bed. So yeah. like actually my house is a shithole um, when it's bad. Um, actually, my house is tidier when it's not a problem at all. So I think, yeah, people kind of talk to you like that and you think, oh, there's no point actually talking about it, even though talking about it is the best thing you can do because then you get some sort of ownership of your, you know, I talk about it loads when it's bad because... The more I talk about it, the less bad it gets. Yeah. Whereas you feel like you can't because people go, oh, well, that's not OCD, is it then? Ugh. And you're like, well, it, it is because a doctor's, doctor's yeah. told me. <laughs> I've got a note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. A doctor wouldn't give me these for nothing, would they? <laughs> these pills that stop you getting an erection for eight weeks when you first start taking them, they're pretty serious, guys. Guys, where have you My gone? palms have been sweaty for four years on them, so just leave me alone. <laughs> they must be working. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you find that using comedy helps? You uh, to kind of either just for yourself or to explain it to other people. Yeah, in in life, yeah, because yeah. I like really make fun of it, and you know, but um, I don't have I I've I've gotten more of a sense of humour about it as I've gotten older. When I was young, it wasn't funny at all, and I wouldn't really like people making fun of it in a way. But now, yeah, it's fine. It's just taken me a little while to grab that handle on it, own it, and I think that's been the real struggle: is not letting it be in charge. I'm very well. I always it like it's a thing, um, like it exists. Um, but for me, yeah, like being funny about it is is a thing. Like I'm writing a show at the moment, and this is the first time I've ever talked about mental health on stage because I've never talked about that really. All my jokes are about you know just willies and fannies and they um, are. I did shit, this too mostly. Yeah, yeah. It's just basically me like wanking an aircock for an hour. Whereas this is the first time I've kind of gone, oh, that's an interesting thing to talk about and like t- touch on it. And especially with being friends with someone like Lauren and seeing her do stand up where she talks about it loads, I've gone, oh, actually, that's really funny and a really good way of dealing with it and actually it's really relatable because everyone suffers with it at some point in their life I think or my friends anyway I think so it's it's gone oh that's a way I can relate to people because you know like not everyone relates to the stuff I talk about that's always been a trouble like I can't I've got a joke about I've been doing a joke about Enya for three years and no one likes it because <laughs> no, no one gives a shit about Enya but people really relate to anxiety I didn't realise and this is my own ignorance yeah. that when I was reading the um, DSM-5 while I was researching my book that OCD is a type of anxiety yeah but I never knew that when I was like because I was quite ignorant about it as well and I think when it comes to kind of like we're finally talking about depression we're finally getting there with anxiety and people are starting to realise but I feel like OCD still kind of tucked away and there is that cliched tidying yeah and, absolutely And but it doesn't help yeah it, to me um OCD is just obsessive anxiety. Like, your your brain just really latches onto it, and, you know, it's really hard. I think it's a spectrum, isn't it, I guess, like, with all uh, mental health. like, And I think it all falls on the same spectrum as bulimia and anorexia. That's an obsessive behaviour. So um, it's all within the same kind of uh, garden of thinking. But, yeah, people don't talk about it as much. And, like, it's, it's just weird because there's so many different forms of it, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And everyone's unique, so... I think that's why people haven't quite gotten hold of it. Whereas anxiety is a really nice banner that I would put OCD under quite happily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I know that I'm obs- like obsessive about things, but I always have been. Even if it's a good thing, I'm obsessive about it. But that's not a problem because it's a good thing. Like if I'm really into something, I'll get obsessed. But everyone's like, oh, how great. He's just really determined. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, you can also sometimes be determined about being really horrible to yourself inside your head. And that's the only difference, I suppose. And mm. Yeah, but I think it's fine to say that it's anxiety and it's a bit tucked away because it is this kind of obsessive cleaners thing, which is just what everyone thinks all the time when they think about it, which Mm. is fine, I guess, because people are still talking about it. It's just if you don't fit that example of it, then people are like, well, that's not what that is. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, but my note's still. (laughs) (laughs) Is it eight years between you and your brother or more? Yeah, eight years between us. Do you think your brother has grown up in a 
different world in terms of mental health? Like, like a bet, like the fact it's more open or do you think it's tougher yes i think definitely and um my my brother's got autism and uh he's really in charge of his own autism and like knows loads about himself and uh made an amazing uh sort of short film about it and now is an ambassador for the national autistic society and has been since he was 18 and i like at 18 i wouldn't have felt comfortable like wearing it on my sleeve like that Mm. i think i'd have been it's much more stigmatizing than it is now and i think um I didn't have the confidence to do that. And I didn't, you know, know as much as my brother had much more support because um, his autism isn't what defines him, whereas I was afraid that it would define me. In the same way that labels are becoming less and less important, I suppose, in every aspect of life, be it, you know, uh, um, sexuality or things like that. I think people are just much more comfortable going, hey, this is what I am. Whereas I think 10 years ago when I was 18, it probably wouldn't have been like that as much. Mm-hmm. And 20 years before that, it wouldn't have been even more. I th- I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 these are the first time I'm hearing these words, as I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm not sure if they work or not. <laughs> no, definitely. Like my, I, was, I was saying to you in the pub yesterday, mm. my nephew's primary school has a counsellor yeah. so the kids have access to a counsellor and I'm like that's incredible like the kids to have access to a counsellor I'm like that is incredible and they don't know she's a counsellor they just think it's Tracy or whatever her name yeah. is but just to encourage people from that age to be like let's talk about how you're feeling are you sad that's fine let's talk about it and it's more important in a deprived area because exactly. if you go to an affluent school um, you know people tend to be more in touch with different treatments and yeah. different things that are out there but if you come from a deprived area we love you... bottling shit up yeah. <laughs> and you, but you don't know that there's access to all those exactly. helpful things and as you get older you don't have the money to go oh well I've bottled things up for too long I'll just go and do six months of intensive treatment yeah. Yeah. Because you can't afford to. So it's so important that it happens in those areas. Definitely. And I think, you know, from a young age, you need to talk about mental health in the same way you talk about, oh, let's, if you break your arm, this is this is what you tell an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to talk about those things. If we deal with it at a younger age, there'll be far less issues with it when we're older. I think, you know, now that, you know, there's an age of people in their 30s that are really good at talking about it, it's because they grew up when it wasn't okay. So finally they're in charge mm-hmm. and they can talk about it. And there's way more people that have got problems that maybe could have been helped if they were younger and, mm-hmm. you know, would dealt with it then i've got visions of my nephew in 10 years time when he's 18 just like completely psychoanalyzing me because he's gonna have had access to all this amazing like being yeah. brought up in this world where it's so open and so good to talk about it and he's gonna sit me down and be like auntie lauren we have a lot to unpack here like come on come on talk to me <laughs> <laughs> auntie lauren have you talked about how stand-up may be a form of you channeling your narcissistic personality disorder <laughs> shut up you're I, nine <laughs> i got you lots of nice christmas presents with that comedy yeah exactly <laughs> um, it, it is true though and i think it's brilliant that there's all this thing of um you you know, people can be gender non-binary when they're young. I know the papers go mad about it. But those things, if you just... Like, they're kids and they they don't care. They've got no judgment to them. Whereas when adults go, no, 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 you're a boy, you're a girl, you're gay, you're straight, you're mm-hmm. this. Like, whereas if you just go, just be kids and just... And I think we're better at that with kids now, mm-hmm. which I think will mean people are healthier mentally when they're much older. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, like, I didn't know that, um, you know, you could not be, like, a boyish boy and that's fine when I was younger because I wasn't into football and I played with all the girls and I, so much so that I was an honorary girl called Doris and um when I was at, when I was nine like eight or nine and like that doesn't matter like I knew I wasn't a girl and I didn't feel like a girl but like I knew it was all just fine but the teacher sat me down and they're like you do know that you are a boy and you and I was like yeah but like I'm just playing with my friends and yeah. that made me feel weird about myself which yeah. must you know have an impact on you later on because I then felt awkward about being me yeah. um, because I you know and I didn't like football and like my grandparents thought that was weird and used to call me weird and things like that and weird little Doris whereas I think now yeah exactly whereas now 
I think if kids are like that, we're much more adept at going, all right, well, you just do you and crack on and you'll work out who you are. Yeah. And that's much better now. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. kids are growing up in a better place. Are you having fun? Are your actions physically hurting anyone else? No, no. Cool. Exactly Carry the that. fuck on. That's, that's how everyone should live, and yeah. I think we'd all be much happier for it. Exactly. Is anyone, is anyone getting hurt or dying? Yep. Are you making anyone sad? Well, you, you wear what you want, you do whatever the fuck you want, and Have you shag who you want as long as they want to shag you back. Exactly. That's all it is, isn't it? And yeah. then I think life would be much easier. It's not a complicated thing, really. No, is I it? think there's a lot, especially in Britain, there's a lot of suppressing of feelings and emotions, and it comes out in an awful way. Oh, completely. Like, especially when it comes to mental health as well, that whole kind of thing of men are always kind of bottle it down and keep it down. And then it comes out in the worst ways, which are usually like <laughs> self-destruction, um, any form of addiction or yeah. violence. Oh, and, absolutely. And you can't keep saying to people, right, you can't talk about this thing or you must keep this inside or no, fucking boys don't cry and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Because look, it doesn't get you anywhere. Just like, like you say, fucking have a laugh, chat to whoever you want, don't hurt anyone physically or emotionally. And fucking don't be a dick. That's yeah. it. Yeah, just don't be a bellend. And I think we, we're we starting to em- embrace that grey area in every aspect of life, whereas everything was so binary before. Like, Whereas actually now, like all these people are like, oh, I'm pansexual, I'm gender fluid. You're like, brilliant. If that makes you happy, you crack on. If that's yeah. how you feel and living like that makes you comfortable and is good for your mental health, you do it. Yeah. But if it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. And then And them doing it doesn't affect you. Because I think people who get angry, like, you know, a lot of, like, right-wing people in American things mm-hmm. that are so offended, you know, so homophobic and so racist, it's just like, it's because they've got so many deep-set issues themselves. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not they're not adept at dealing with them properly. Whereas you're like, actually, you show me, you know, you show me a gay conversion um, priest, I'll show you someone with a secret grinder account. <laughs> That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, every single time. And it's always the kind of those priests that come out as like, oh, they've been shagging this bloke for the last 10 <laughs> years and spent... 10 million quid covering up it's like oh you could have just done it for free like no one and cares. not been a dick yeah exactly like, and if your family and the people around you care move just go somewhere else that's <laughs> yeah. much more chilled out get yeah. new friends yeah. yeah go bang who you want absolutely like <laughs> being gay is brilliant if that's what you like if you don't like it don't do it but if you like it you just fuck him like you shag away mate <laughs> Like, go to Old Compton Street. You, I mean, it's brilliant. Like, it's great, oh, yeah, great completely fun. utterly. <laughs> Some of the best nights I've ever had out. Oh, really. yeah, exactly. But it is. It's just honesty. Honesty with oneself. Honesty with one's mind. Yeah. It's just something that a lot of people find hard to achieve. But the moment you can start talking about it, being open with it, mm-hmm. you start to quantify it in a way that you haven't been able to do yourself before. Yeah. I always find that kind of writing and speaking about it really helps because you're putting it into words that you then can... F- that are tangible yeah. otherwise your brain is always just tricking you like you start on a nice epiphany and your brain goes no let's decide that away mm-hmm. but when you start talking about it like you get I get verbal diarrhoea yeah it's like how are you today oh I'm really not doing very well actually I was just doing all this stuff and then you have a nice little moment you can go actually fuck me that felt great that's out in the world now well I think the thing that is important as well is um, you always feel like no one else Every, everyone else is fine, especially these days with social media mm-hmm. and all that nonsense. So as soon as you go, oh, actually this, someone will go, oh my God, me too. And yeah. you go, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> like, thank God you're doing awful, you know, in a horrible way. But, you, but I think you feel really lonely about it and you do convince yourself, you're like, no, this is just me. No one else is like this. Everyone else is, deserves mm-hmm. a much better life than me, whereas I deserve all of this and I deserve not to be happy. Whereas everyone goes through that or you know at least 10 people that are. So if you just go, you know, to your very good friends, I, I, I would struggle to do it with everyone but um that's me personally um but if you go oh yeah actually like i'm today's a bad day because then they'll say that to you and everyone feels better and it's you can battle it together yeah exactly 
How do you find like opening up to your friends and stuff? Are you good at it or terrible at it? You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I've gotten good at it. Yeah. I was bad, and then um, actually, I, like the last time, you know, I, I wasn't doing great. Um, I didn't really realise that I was in my own head about it and kind of, you know, like struggling. And I saw a friend who I'm happy to talk to about anything, and I hadn't seen him for months. And I, he was like, "How are you doing?" And I went, "Oh, actually." Not great, and that's the first time I'd admitted it to someone else. And it took one of my mates to go, no, "How are you? Come on, let's mm. chat." And like, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't looking very healthy, and I was probably drinking way too much at the time, um, which is uh, how I can sometimes deal with things, <laughs> which actually makes it worse. Um, but it was him just going, "Oh, you're, are you all right?" And you go, "Oh." No. Oh, you've looked into my soul. I feel naked. <laughs> but it was brilliant. And he went, mate, let's just chat about that. Like, it's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And um, he was in a good enough place to be able to, you know, take the burden of me talking about it, which is really important. Whereas I think if he wasn't in a good enough place, he'd been like, look, I know that you're not good, but I can't handle it right now. Yeah. So let's talk to someone else about it, which is what a good friend would do. <laughs> and I've been in places before where I've had friends in not a great place. And I'm like, I really want to help them, but I'm not, I'm not in the right mm-hmm. frame of mind to do it, yeah. which is fine. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, talking to friends is what helps me out, really. And like talking to my parents as well, like, because I think no matter how old you get, mum and dad can still make everything better. 100%. So I talk to my mum and dad about it. And then I'm like, oh, I've told a grown up, so it'll be fine. <laughs> and then it's always much better after that because, you know, the adults are dealing with it, not me. <laughs> how has your relationship with mental health uh, or misery changed throughout your life? Um. I, it's it's gotten better as I've gotten better at dealing with it. And also, I think um, I don't really see it as a problem anymore. Like, uh, I know, like, I don't ever think I'm ill. I just think that, you know, I need to sort it out. You know, it's something that I can fix and I can work on. Um, and I've just been much more proactive at, you know, dealing with it rather than letting it get bad before I sort it out. Like, actually, I think it's a constant maintenance thing. And it's all right to not be very good. And it's OK to ask for help. And um, even at work before, like, I've got a really great boss at the radio and I've been like, look, I've, you know, I've, I've taken this medication, I've just gone back onto it. It makes me a bit weird for a while. Like, you know, ju- not that you need to know, but uh, there is nothing going on downstairs. <laughs> um, or there's loads going on and I don't know why. Either or. <laughs> it goes between the two. Like, guys, I've had an erection for four days. <laughs> um, so just so you know, my radio show may be affected because it's going to knock the mic out of the way. Um, why are you hovering six foot above the desk, Matt? <laughs> Matt, why are you walking like you're in pain? Because uh, I am. Um, uh, why are you wired, but yet look like you haven't slept for eight days? That'll be the medication. Um, and he was just like, mate, that's totally fine. He goes, I get it, not a problem. And he's just like, oh, this isn't... Like, whereas I think for you, your battle is much more of a big deal because it's yours. Whereas other people go, mate, totally get it, not a problem. And then you go, oh, if you think it's not a big deal, then maybe it isn't a big deal and maybe I can get on top of it. So having people like that around you is really good. And like that's helped me with dealing with it myself is realising that other people don't think it's a big deal. So I shouldn't think it's such a big deal. Whereas I think probably I always have thought it's a way bigger deal. But that's also because... I'm a drama queen as well. <laughs> like I'm so dramatic that I'd be like, oh well, this is it. this is me now. Like I'm just gonna live like this and suffer because that's what I'm like. I'm in a disposition to think that all my things are massive when they're not. We've got about five minutes left. Would you like to ask the last question? Yeah. So if you could go back to like your younger self and give some advice on mental health or like living living without any misery, what would you tell yourself? Um, I think with mental health, I'd say go and get it sorted quicker. Don't sit on it. Don't think it's normal. Don't accept that this is it now and you're going to live like this. And the only option would be maybe like suicide, which has been a very real option before for me in the past because I thought that would be the only th- way to stop 
you know everything that was going on in my head um just don't accept it don't lie down and accept it this is normal and this is fine and this is happening to everyone else out there like it's not just you and i think with living without misery i think it would be to tell them that misery comes in different forms and actually misery can sometimes be okay as long as it's a certain type of misery but like a constant misery that you're trying to suppress is something that you need to sort out and it can be helped and there's so much help out there if you ask for it that's all you need to do and your life will be 10 times better and you'll spend much more time happy Lovely. that was a good one thanks Thank for having you. me i thoroughly enjoyed yeah, this We hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. And that's episode 12. Uh, Thank you to Matt for being so brilliant with us. Uh, If you'd like to catch him live in Edinburgh, in real life, not catch him with a net, just like catch a glimpse of him, uh, you can see his new show, Imposter. Uh, Edinburgh, uh, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. That's right. I read the same sentence twice. But um, yeah, new show, Imposter. Um, thank you to Lauren, who's also at the Fringe this year, but for one night only with her show, Peachy. Uh, so just have a bit of a Google of Lauren's name if you wanted to see her. I think it's probably sold out by this point because it's a one-off show, but you never know. Uh, I will also be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, but I'm not funny. Uh, so I'll just be wandering around uh, a bit drunk and sad, probably. Um, Thanks to Dave and Calm for letting us make this silly podcast. And thanks to you for listening, because without you, it's just a comedy writer and a stand-up trapping people in a room and talking at them about being miserable, which is um, just weird. Just just a weird concept when you lay it down like that. Uh, as usual, uh, I will ask you to like, subscribe, rate, review, uh, whatever you do to, to do these little podcasts. The more people that listen, the more money that we uh, get to raise for Calm. Uh, which is why we're here uh, to raise some money for an amazing charity and also um, like I don't know, talk about things that people don't really want to talk about in a relaxed and something else another word for relaxed calm oh I forget the word calm I only say it about 16,000 fucking times during these intros and outros anyway that's enough from me um, come back next week if you fancy it uh, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life bye 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. Where's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. <laughs> that, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum, Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad, Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising position. <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. <laughs> 